What's up, everybody? It's the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin on our Thursday edition of the pod. We have a bit of Sabres news, kind of, that we, uh, we're going to talk more extensively about on tomorrow's episode. We're going to give some memories of the five games that the Sabres announced they're going to be playing on MSG uh, as part of their classic games next week. And I thought this was a good idea in general, right? Like they came out and they asked, like, what do people want to see? And even though I'm not sure any of the games, maybe one or two on here, I'm like dying to see um, or even would have been like on my top 10 of games I wanted to see. I'm excited to that the fact that they're doing the concept at all that, hey, there's no games on. Let's uh, let's throw some old games on here. Yeah, it's actually funny because I actually wrote like a column for the paper I write for just about, you know, this is a good opportunity for people to go back and watch old games. And, you know, just kind of you see the differences in the sports. You see, you know, things you definitely missed, you know, in the moment watching some of the games. Um, I remember watching, like, I rewatched game seven of the Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. Golden State game. Yeah, and it's, what a game. <laughs> Golden State didn't score a basket for the final five minutes of the game. And, and really, like, neither team scored, I think, for the final, uh, well, like, three of the final five until Kyrie Irving right. hit the shot. Right, it was it was wild. Um, but hockey is also kind of cool with that because you get a lot of minutes from guys that don't really, you know, play mm-hmm. a, or guys that aren't really that notable. You know, hockey's not really. I sure. mean, it's not really a star-driven game, so it's it's fascinating that you can you know see guys and you're like, oh, I remember that guy. It's a lot of you know, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, remember mm-hmm. that dude. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, so the first of which is going to be game six of the 1994 Eastern Conference quarterfinals, the four overtime game Sabres versus the Devils in 94. Dominic Hasek, 70 saves in that game. Uh, we found out about that game that um, Jason Daw, who uh, – or no, I'm sorry, Jason Daw. Jason Daw had the assist on the goal. Uh, Dave Hannon, who scores the goal to win it, was wearing number 14. It was before they retired Rene Robert's number in 1994. So um, interesting note about that. That's the first of the classic games. That's going to be Monday on MSG at 8 o'clock. All five games, uh, the Monday through Friday, are going to be next week. I'm not sure if they're going to do more after that. The games will also be played on their YouTube channel at noon on the following day. Um, so tomorrow, I would think we will take more time and we'll kind of go game by game and whatever we remember uh, from those games, if anything. We'll take a deeper dive. I got the box scores ready to go for those games. Uh, some interesting players that played in them. I'm going to quiz you on who was some game five trivia, uh, the, the Drury of Finneganoff game. Um, by the way, that game, in terms of like watchability, I was surprised they put it on there because remember, they, they tied it at one with seven seconds left. So the Sabres don't score until the end of the game. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be really frustrating. You know, <laughs> to watch the whole thing. You're just watching, you know, Lundqvist kind of stand on his head, preventing right. us from scoring until the final seconds. But, right. uh, I mean, the ending's going to be boring. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, let's get back into our Sabres all-time number list. We have been going through the all, entire list of numbers, who the best Sabre is of all time at each one, our list so far. Marty Baran at double zero, Don Edwards at one, Tim Horton at two, Mike Robitaille at three, Jerry Korab at four, Mike Ramsey at five, Phil Housley at six, Rick Martin at seven, Jim Lorenz at eight, Jack Eichel at nine, Craig Ramsey at 10, Gilbert Perot 11, Elesh Kotelik 12, Yuri Himalev 13, 
14, Rene Robert 14, Jack Eichel 15, Pat LaFontaine 16, Mike Felino 17, Danny Gare 18, Tim Connolly 19, Don Luce 20. And our most recent list, Drew Stafford at 21, Lindy Ruff at 22, Chris Drury at 23, Bill Height at 24, Dave Andrewchuk at 25, Thomas Vanek at 26, Michael Pekka at 27, along with who was your number 27 nominee? Do you remember? 27 was, I ended up going with Larry Playfair. I forgot to put a poll up on that. I'll do that today, and we'll have an answer on 27 by tomorrow versus Pekka versus Playfair. Uh, Jason Pominville, or Donald Odette at 28, Jason Pominville at 29, Ryan Miller at 30. And I'll turn things over to you for the continuation of our all-time Sabre list at number 31. This one ended up just kind of being like backup goalie battle um, yeah. for most of it. Uh, I ended up going with Grant Fuhrer. I think I just mm. kind of went with the career. Um, I think it's there's not really there's not really a lot to choose from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you went with. Um, I uh, yeah, Grant Fear was you know it's like a legend played for the Sabers for you know a couple sure. of years. Like, and he was he was okay for the Sabers. Um, <laughs> the thing I remember about Fear the most is that Hashik took the net over from him. Like that's when Hashik yeah. started going. Hey, he was Fear's backup, and then they quickly realized, holy cow, this guy is unbelievable. Let's get him in the net. And they kind of, he went in favor of Grant Fuhrer. Um, I'm actually going to go with Darren Poopa for this one. And one of the best Poop. names, one of the poops, right? Best nickname in Sabre history. I don't even know if they called him that. They should have. It's a big missed opportunity if they didn't. Um, but Darren Poopa, I mean, f- what a name, right? You can't even say it without giggling a little bit. Like, it's incredible. It's an incredible name. It's, it's a great jersey to have, I think, as a Poopa jersey. Um, but I am going not just because of the name, but. If I'm going through all of these goalies, I think he had the best season of them all. Like he was a backup for the most part, but the one year he started uh, big time for the Sabres, played 56 games in 1989, 1990, 31 wins, and uh, a 9.03 save percentage, which. In 1990, having a, a above 900 save percentage was really good, and he finished second in the Vesna voting that year. So, I'm because of the one big season with the Sabers. He actually had another big season with Tampa later on, where he came in third in the Vesna voting and actually got Hart Trophy nominees or uh, votes in 1996. But he had the one big year for the Sabers, made the All Star team, and yes, for the rest of it, he was a backup. But I think that puts him for me a little bit above Grant Fear. I like your argument though; like you're going with a legend. And I, I like I don't know like he was a, a the starting goalie for the Sabers um, in in playoff seasons so th- that'll be a close one I think Poopa versus uh, Grant Fear. To so. be honest, I was like thinking like what if like Yager played like two years for the Sabers? I would have a tough time not putting Yager on the list because you know you you had a legend yeah. play for you for a couple of years. I um, I see the logic. Yeah, yeah. Well, Victor Olofsson though. Bro, damn. Well, luckily we don't have that debate. <laughs> Olafson versus Yager. Uh, Fear in his time with the Sabres, by the way. He actually never started over 32 games. He started 29 games and then 32 games. He did win the Williams Jennings Trophy along with Hashik. Um, but yeah, like those big seasons for him were uh, earlier on with Edmonton when he was uh, obviously a legendary goaltender for them, at least by uh, by winning terms. If you go by the numbers, we could have a debate here. But I mean, he won cups, so. That's that's usually how it goes. All right, number thirty-two is uh, the maybe the easy, well, the second easiest one. I think we're gonna have in this this group of ten, and uh, it's to me easily Rob Ray. Um, 
only 40 career goals for the Sabres in 889 games. Uh, who um, cares? Who cares, though, right? How about <laughs> this, though? Listen, 40 goals in his career, 3,189 penalty minutes. What a number. What a number. 3,189 penalty minutes. In fact, th- how did the – 1992, he had 354 penalty minutes. In one season, he had over 350 penalty minutes. Did the Sabres have that many penalty minutes this season? I doubt it. I mean, I can't even think of it because they're just you would just be stockpiling two-minute minors. I mean, the game is definitely safer as a result of this. But, like, mm-hmm. it was a different world back then. I mean, it was take no prisoners. He would literally just pick somebody. He's like, I'm going to fight this guy. And yeah, that's how it was. You know, listen, uh, listen to this. I missed it a little bit, but I understand the reasoning why it's not. It's not there anymore. One hundred and ninety-eight penalty minutes for the Sabers this season. That was lower, or I'm sorry, yeah, lower than every single year of Rob Ray's career except for two. <laughs> so amazing. 14, 14 years with the Sabers, and all but two of his seasons topped the current Sabers total this year. Um, and 354 was his highest, and the Sabres were at 198 this year. I mean, you just remember things like, you know, mm-hmm. stories. It's a, this is another, like, story guy. You know, I think we saw the back end. We saw a bit of Rob Ray's career, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I started watching hockey really in, like, 2000, 2000 yeah. 2001. Like, that was when that I remember. That's one of my earliest Sabres memories of just being upset when I found mm-hmm. out Casparitis scored. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is another story guy. Like, you hear about the, the Rob Ravens Ty Domi battles mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and they did a documentary he, on it. He's so special, and he's he's the color guy now, and he's still a staple of Buffalo sports. By the way, two playoff game-winning goals for Rob Ray. How about that? Two game-winning awesome. playoff he's, goals for Rob Ray. Because you have to play the fourth line. So, like, these guys still have a chance to, like, make mm-hmm. some noise. I think we'll – I mean, we'll get there at 36, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, about, we'll, we'll talk get... more about the, the past. Yeah. By the way, quick Rob with uh, Rob Ray. Uh, my obviously, I work at WGR as the producer for Show Up in the Bulldog. He's my favorite guest on the station. I think he's hilarious. Um, the stories he tells are hilarious. He's got a story about fighting. Um, is it Grant Ledyard? Or no, not Grant Ledyard. Fighting not Tony Twist. Somebody that he's fighting back in the olden days, like in the in Rochester. And they see each other in the tunnel after they get kicked out of the game and they start going at it again. And he, he told the stories though. They, there's a curtain to the left in the hallway and it's like out of his like out of an eighties, like a uh, comedy movie, him and this guy throw each other through the curtain and onto <laughs> this table of food. And there's this banquet going on behind the curtain and two <laughs> hockey crazy. players just break through and are fighting each other. So He's got some. He's got some great stories, man. So yeah, robbery easily uh, number thirty-two. Other thirty-twos, by the way, Michael Telquist. Remember him, the goalie who came in to try to save the day in two thousand nine when Ryan Miller got hurt when he got run by Scott Gomez. Remember that? Um, John Scott, of course, wore thirty-two, and uh, you know he fought Phil Kessel that one time, I guess, kind of. Um, and, uh, you know, that's about it for the 32s. Adam Wilcox, goalie, played like a, m- a minute for the Sabres. So, uh, Rob Ray, easily uh, number 32 here. Number 33, I'll turn the uh, floor over to you. You're giving me these tough ones. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of tough ones coming up. Yeah, I think, I think I'm think i going to go with Benoit Ho. Okay. 
it's who you did not know before you looked at this list. Then neither did I. I did not know. No, I um, it's just like it's a list that this number's tough. You know, it's, I think you could. I think this is this is up for the taking for uh, Colin Miller. I would say um, Hogue had like three seasons where he had it was his first few seasons in the league, and he had like fourteen goals, eleven goals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so he was just, you know, he was like a guy. He was a role player. Um, so I ended up going with him. I, I mean, I'll, I'd love to hear your answer. I was going to go with Benoit Hogue too, but I'm actually, I, you know what? Call me crazy. I'm going with Doug Janik. I'm going oh with, I am going with a guy who played 10 games in the regular season for his career for the Buffalo Sabres. But I will tell you why I'm picking Doug Janik for one reason and one reason only. Because this number stinks in Sabre history. And he scored a goal in what is, in my lifetime, the most important Sabres game ever. Game That's 7 against point. Carolina. They should have won the Stanley Cup that season. Like That was their cup. They were the best team in hockey. They were depleted on the blue line. Doug Janik came in there, and did he play great? Probably not. And from what I remember, he didn't play much at all. In fact, if I go back to that game seven, um, I believe, yeah, he only played, he played 10 minutes a night, 10 minutes. He averaged 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Janik Jilson and an 18 year old Nathan Pache played uh, like no minutes in that game. Um, So uh, Janik scoring a goal that I think put them up or even maybe tied the game. I don't remember what actually happened, but uh, Janik trailing the whole time. Pretty much, it was like uh, no. Well, hash. Remember, hash goal at the end of the second period put them up. Okay. So I, that, I hope that's a rewatchable. <laughs> I can they never watch it, dude. I can't. Like even the highlights are on YouTube. I can't watch them. I can't. Like it, I, I can't get through them. I've never done it. I don't think I've ever watched the highlights from that game. Ugh. Why have you? Um. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't remember it enough. That's so why I'm. I'm like I probably okay. should. I maybe don't know. We I should, like, maybe we I should like rewatch that. I like catharsis. I like watching sad things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the scoring sub. So Mike Commodore scored the first goal of that game um, from Doug Waite and Justin Williams. Doug Janik scored in the second period a shot from the point uh, to tie it, assisted by Alesh Kodalik and Jochen Hesch. And then, um, and then Hesch scored eight. the second Have goal. Yeah, then Hash scored the next goal to put them up 2-1 with five seconds to go in the second period, and then Carolina scored three goals in the third period. Oh, oh yeah. Tough, just to even say it. I'm, so I'm, I'm, you know what? Janik played 16 minutes, 47 seconds in that game. He scored a goal. It they, they was the best team in, of my lifetime. He scored, and this number stinks, so I'm going with Doug Janik. Um, all right. That's my argument. It's the best I got. Yeah, it's fine. He wasn't a great player. I mean, he wasn't really an NHL player, but there's that. All right, number 34, I'm going with Chris Butler, uh, Buffalo Sabres defenseman from 2009 to 2011. He was, you know, a top four defenseman on two teams that made the playoffs, amazingly. Uh, the, the team that won the division in 2010 and then the team that uh, made the uh, made that run to the playoffs in 2011 as the seventh seed. The 2010 team when he had, he had a really good year that year. People forget that. Like he made a big jump in his play and he saw more ice time because of it. He actually averaged over 20 minutes a night that season when the Sabres were one of the best defensive teams in hockey. Ryan Miller, of course, with the, uh, the big, uh, the big Vesna winning season and Butler at 21 points that year. And, you know, just because of those two seasons before he uh, was shipped off to Calgary, I'm going to go with Chris Butler. Cause again, this is not a number with a, a storied Sabres history. No. And for that reason, I'm going with 
one of my favorite hockey names of all time. Jean-Luc Grandpierre. Oh my god, you're going with him just because of the name. A hundred percent. I mean, is there a better oh reason? Um, the no. Cool he played 27 games for the say. I just picked Doug Janik, actually. I don't know he if has I can a, He has a great name. Jean-Luc Grandpierre. He has the he actually um back in uh the nightcap with uh, me and Ryan Gates at WGR, I think two years ago, we had the all time Buffalo Sports name bracket. And I think Grand Pierre finished in second. I think he he lost in the finals to Booby Dixon, I'm pretty sure. Um I'll have to un under uncover that, but we'll see. Well, there you go. He also I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. He also was traded during the 2000 expansion draft, which is an interesting fact. He was traded to the Blue Jackets then. And he's actually pretty cool because I remember being super psyched for NHL 2001 Mm. because the Blue Jackets and Wild were in it. And he was on the Blue Jackets. And I remember I was like, that guy was a saber and now he's on the Blue Jackets. I didn't understand why at the time. I was seven. Mm. But there you go. There's also uh, an interesting YouTube clip where Grandpierre is fighting, I think, Peter Bondra in a preseason game, the Sabres versus the Capitals, and Marty Baran get, like, just storms out of the net for some reason and starts fighting people. Um, and it's like it's a goalie fight that nobody, I think, ever knew happened uh, because I think whoever – is it Kolzig? Whoever the Capitals goalie is runs down and comes after Baran. So it's actually – like, look that up. It all starts with Grandpierre and I think Peter Bondra. But um, I've actually talked to Grandpierre on the air before because he's a member of the uh, the Blue Jackets radio network, and he was a super cool dude. He was actually, like, a funny dude too. Like, he was opinionated and, you know, in hockey media. You know, you don't often get opinionated guys. So, uh, yeah. All right. I don't mind the pick. Well, we'll see what the, the Twitter folks think of that one. Uh, Jean-Luc Grandpierre versus Chris Butler, two people that I'm sure have never been put up uh, against each other in history. Um, number 35 for you is who? I ended up going with Nornan for now. Mika Nornan for now. Mm, okay. And I could end up going to uh, my guy, my guy, Linus. Uh, I, need, I need to see... I mean, Linus has – you could probably sell me on Linus if that's where you're going very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more on the fence of this. But, like, Nornan was a part of, you know, pretty good Sabres teams. Decent backup, not a great one. But, like, you know, he was a guy <laughs> – I, mm-hmm. I just remember, you know, childhood. And it was like, oh, Mika Nornan's starting tonight. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Yeah, I remember the red glove and the Sabres, like, trio of goalies. It was Nornan, Miller, and Marty. And they all actually, I think, shared a glove for a little bit of time because it was like the lucky glove before they hadn't lost. And then I think that it finally changed because obviously it's kind of gross because of how gross hockey equipment can get. Um, Nornan was traded for a second round pick, by the way, that became Jonas Enroth, which uh, is interesting. So he had some value. He was traded to Vancouver. He only played four games, by the way. What a trade. They trade him to Vancouver for a second round pick. Vancouver plays him for four games. That's all she wrote. Um so a pretty good job by them. Yeah, like Nornan, I liked him. He um, he's the only Saber goalie to ever score. So you have that in your in your hip pocket there. And um, yeah, like beloved. Like I loved. I liked Nornan a lot. I'm not going with Nornan though. I'm going with Lena Allmark. He's already played more games than Nornan, actually by 30. Nornan played 67 games. Allmark played uh, 97. And I, I think Allmark this season, if he hadn't been having the season he did this year, then I probably wouldn't go with him. Because this year, Allmark has taken the net by storm as the starting goaltender. And Nornan never did that. So just just 
by that fact alone that Allmark has become a starting goalie and Nornan never got to that level, um, I'm going with Allmark. But this was a close one for me, so uh, I, I, this one could be very close. I think. In the I like ball. I like giving it up to the fans. Yeah, let's leave this one up to the fans. I agree. Nornan versus Allmark. A um, couple of goalies battling it out. Number thirty-six. I'm going with Patrick Coletta. I'm Get going. I'm going with Patrick Coletta, man. I, I got to do it. I, it's a close one between him and Matthew Barnaby. They're, what's funny is they're very similar players, and they're the only two 36s really up for this. Um, Jad Lundvik, Jan Ludvik, never even heard of him. He born number 36. Darcy Lewin and Andrew Hammond this year. The, who didn't even, didn't even, the Hamburger. He didn't even play, get, get to the ice. He was just sitting on the bench. Um, if it's Coletta versus Barnaby, if you go for the best offensive output, Barnaby wins because he had a 19-goal season. Although, I don't know. Coletta had ten goals. That's not even Coletta had ten goals in 2010. How different is that from 19 goals in the 90s? Like scoring was yeah. rampant back then. Um, and Coletta, man, like the hits were crazy. And him being from here, I think, is going to be a check on his box for me over Barnaby. And I, to me, think that uh, him being still being a part of the community and being a part of the organization as like a youth development coach is another check in his box. And I, I you know, I mentioned it for Rob Ray earlier playoff game winning goals Patrick Coletta has won game one against Philadelphia series they maybe should have won um he scored the only goal in game one so uh I'm going with uh, Patrick Coletta well I'm actually not gonna fight you on this one I I like Coletta more too um Coletta has big big savers moments a mm. bunch of them he is he is a factor on a lot of them he is a factor in the Senators brawl that's one of the first real yep. big collect moments. That's his Beating first game. Six. First game of his yeah. career. First game of his career. He's, he comes in like a firecracker. Yeah. Um, he has a game-winning playoff goal in a one nothing game. He has the lone goal in game one against the Flyers. Mm. He beat the snot out of Derek Dorsett. <laughs> yes, he did. And, uh, you know, he... <laughs> he is still like known around the league as like one of the players, like one of the most hated players in mm-hmm. hockey. You know, a lot of players right now would probably still say, "Who is your least favorite player to play against?" And it was probably Patrick Coletta because people mm-hmm. thought he stunk and he was just coming after you. And uh, you know, right. he lit up. He lit up guys like Ovechkin. He lit, <laughs> he would go after everyone. And yep. uh, he had butted Ilya Kovalchuk. He's a guy. He's like he's a guy that you hate playing against, but you would love to have on your team. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what I remember about Patrick Coletta. I think it's it's a lock. I would love to see the vote. You could do the vote, but I mean, I'll I'll I do the vote just to yeah. see. But because it, it's Coletta. it's like I just want to see like you know the difference between the '90s past guy and sure. the modern day past guy. And uh, yeah, I but I'm with you. I think Coletta is more more of a Sabres legend. Yeah, um, another underrated Coletta fight, by the way, uh, him against Glenn Campbell. He pummels Glenn Campbell in this fight. And uh, what's interesting is it's the Boston uh, radio or Jack Edwards, like the crazy Jack Edwards for the Bruins. I love he's, Jack Edwards. Low-key. He's doing the call. And but listen, man, though, like Jack, listen to Jack Edwards. I love listening to Jack Edwards try to call a fight where the Bruins guy's getting pummeled. Um, and that happened in this fight. Yeah, watch that. That that happened in this fight. Coletta, man, like, yeah. And like I what I remember about that 2011 team that made that furious run to the end, the third line played great. And the third line was Gostad, Coletta, Gerby. 
they were like a shutdown line defensive and they would chip in and score. That was more Gostad, I think, and Gerby that year, of course, over Coletta. But I mean, even Coletta chipped in in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'm going with him. One of my favorite players. The last Sabre jersey that I purchased was Patrick Coletta's. And it will probably be, and maybe, we'll see. I think it was, it'll be the last, at least brand new Sabre jersey I purchased. Now it'll probably be more of a, you know, classic throwback jersey. So I got a Coletta jersey in my closet. I still wear it proudly. And um, yeah, I'm go- we're going with Which him at 36. The, w- the white away jersey, the current away oh, jersey. Yeah. Good one. Um, all right, let's go to number 37. And I'm interested. Lock. I'm interested- go ahead. It's, a lock. it's a lock at Curtis Brown for now. Yes, um, I agree. Until Middlestat can get there, if Middlestat gets there. I'm not, I'm not doing that for potential. I'm doing it for what he has done thus far. And Curtis yep. Brown, Curtis Brown has it for now. Hopefully Middlestat can break it because you want mm-hmm. Middlestat to have a great career because we're all Sabres fans and we love the Sabres and we love Middlestat. Um, but Curtis Brown was, Curtis Brown was a really good player. <laughs> he was a, he was a good player. He was top six forward. Hmm. Yeah, no, and he had a big playoff game-winning goal against Philadelphia in 2001. Um, so he's got that going for in overtime. So it, one of the, the the most fired up I've ever heard Rick Jenneret in my life is Curtis Brown on this goal. I wish I could play it right now from uh, straight from YouTube. Um, it's a hell of a goal call, man. Like, listen to it. It's nuts. Um, yeah, Curtis Brown is the answer here. Uh, Matt Ellis, you know, was a longtime saver. But didn't we always make fun of Matt Ellis for just, like, why is he here? Like for eight years, it seemed well, like Matt he was Ellis, here. yeah, Matt Ellis was the guy. It's like, why aren't we playing the young guys? Stop putting Matt Ellis out there. Right, exactly. Do you do you know what Matt Ellis's career? How many goals? Do you how many goals do you think Matt Ellis scored in his Saber career? Seven wow. years. How many goals do you think he scored? Twenty. Close. Good guess. Eighteen. <laughs> Eighteen goals I mean, in seven years, man. Like what? Yeah. How is that possible? I mean, oh. even Jurgensen's is like ten. How you know like. Well, Giergensen's Giergensen's has been here how many years? He's been here seven, probably, right? Yeah, this is seven years. And guess how many goals he has? Probably like, well, he was a line one player for a couple of years. <laughs> Ted Dolan teams. Uh, he has 61 goals. Okay, yeah. So that's your comparable but, there. Yeah, yeah, so Matt Ellis was not even an option. Uh, no, Michael, um, Michael Ryan, no. Played in the Winter Classic, that's all I know about him. Yeah, Curtis uh, Curtis Brown, by the way, had it. Uh, he had it's such an easy. Yeah, two twenty goal, two twenty goal seasons for the Sabers, also, and three different times he got Selkie votes. Um, he never was a Selkie nominee, but he got Selkie votes three separate times for the Sabers. The best of uh, the best he ever finished would have been nineteen ninety nine, the year the Sabers made the Cup. He had sixteen goals, forty seven points, and he finished fifth in the Selkie vote that season. Two, just had that in front of me. Yuri Lettinen won it that year. And uh, actually, Michael Pekka and Steve Eiserman also finished ahead of him. So uh, one of his teammates finished ahead of him. So there's that. All right, number 38. I obviously am agreeing with uh, Curtis Brown there. Number 38 is a tough one. You've got Adam Creighton, who's an idea here from the 80s. Joel Savage played one year. Jay McKee did it as a rookie for like a couple games, but I don't really think that should count. Barry Moore. Dominic Pittis, all these guys just playing a handful of games. Taylor Fadoon, same thing. I'm gonna go with Nathan Pache. He's Bravo. one of two. He's one of two players here that really played a full season with the Sabers. And if you remember him in the one season he played in, like he was good. And it was the 2006-2007 season where he played 63 games. He ended up with 24 points. 
He played a third pair role. He sometimes would play the power play, but not often. That guy did had one job and one job only. He was going to play protected offensive zone minutes, and he was going to get wrist shots through from the point. That was it. That's all he did. That's all he needed to do. And he did a pretty good job at it. Also, by the way, he did play in the game seven against the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. And interesting fact on Nathan Pache, he is currently, and it's amazing that anybody is still this. He's currently the only player in the organization still playing that played game seven against the Carolina Hurricanes because Nathan Pache is still playing to this day at age 36, about to be 37. Actually, how many days are in a year? 365? It's his birthday in a couple days. Uh, He's about to be 37. 37, still playing for the Rochester Americans. How about that? Nathan Pache, number 38. Yeah, it's it's definitely Nathan Page. Um, I was looking at I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, he had nine power places, you know, on on a team yep. that won the President's Trophy. So you know he was a factor on a team on one of the best, arguably the best Sabres team, you know, record wise. I think you're right that the the year before had a much better chance to win the cup, mm-hmm. but um, you know, <laughs> it was a special Sabres team, and he was a big factor. Played over 15 minutes, 15 yep. minutes a game. Yeah, I'm I'm good with Paige. Yeah, I'm going with Paige. Um, and as I mentioned, still part of the the, the uh, organization. Played only in ten games this year. I think he had some injury problems. One goal and one assist. I'm not sure if this is it for him. It might be. And then uh, he'll be the last player, um, at least in the organization, that played in Game Seven against Carolina. He might be the. L- or there's, there's no. There's still a couple. Ryan Miller though might be the last player from that team that still plays. You think that's right? The last player from the 2005-2016 team that still plays, other than Pache. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Well, no, um, I guess D- Derek Royce and Finnegan are still playing in Europe, so they kind of. Tomville still plays beerly. That does not count. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, another interesting fact about Nathan Pache: drafted twice. How about that? Drafted by the Washington Capitals, second round, 58th overall in 2001. Then it was one of those deals where he went to college or something. No, he went to Moose Jaw Warriors, and then they didn't sign him to a contract, so he was eligible to go back into the draft. He did. The Sabres picked him in the seventh round in 2003, 202nd overall. So he didn't do well for his draft stock over two years. He went from a second-round pick to a seventh-round pick. Uh, so not a, not a good uh, selection by the Capitals, but a good, a good player for the Sabres for at least that one year. Um, number 39, uh, you get it, but it's easy. <laughs> I think I think it's got to be Dominic Asher. Uh, I would say uh, the best goalie of all time. I say this. I say this. Not even pausing. Not even stuttering. Not even stammering. He is the best goalie of all time. I think he's better than Martin Brodeur, who played behind a trap. I think he's better than Patrick Waugh, who at times was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I am all in on Hashik being the best goalie. Well, and here, I- here, here's a fact for you, uh, Dominic Hashik. First all time in terms of save percentage. And if you look at this list, the top 20, it's like all active guys. Like Ben Bishop is second. Like it's all active guys that are on this list, except for Tim Thomas. Like Tim, but even like that's more modern. Hashik, though, still remains number one all time in save percentage. Do you know where Marty Brodeur is? I'm going to say like 30th. He's 42nd. Yeah. Do you know where Patrick was? Probably better i would say maybe 30th no i've only got the top 50 and he's not on the list so that's oh, wow. that's those are the two guys you try to argue are they better than dominic cash all time not i mean that's like one the, that's like the mount rushmore of goaltending right is those I, two those, those two maybe uh jacques plant probably yeah, um, one of the old school guys yeah 
Yeah. Uh, who's the who's the goalie for the Canadians that ends up? Uh, he's the color guy for the Miracle on Ice. Ken Dryden. Ken Dryden maybe is on there. We, maybe we could do that. Mount Rushmore. Thank you for bringing that up. Though. That's another idea I wanted to do uh, in the next couple of weeks here. Mount Rushmore's. Uh, Saber Mouth Mount Rushmore's, that is. Um, it's got to be Hashik. Best player in franchise history to me. I over Perot. Best player, uh, best the player ever played the position. Re- not just he's so good. This is like something that we hear about in the NBA a lot, right? Like Steph Curry revolution revolutionized the sport because of how good he was, but how he did it just by shooting the basketball. Michael Jordan revolutionized the sport by bringing the mid range game in, and then that kind of has obviously gone away since then. And like Hashik revolutionized the goaltender position. Goalies barely knew how to play the position before that guy got in the league. And then everyone realized, Oh, I should be going down. This should be butterfly, not stand up. What am I doing? And yeah, Hashik, man, like the, the two heart trophies, MVPs back to back the, the four Vesnas all with the Sabres. Um, and I think it's a shame that his banner is in blue and gold because yes, he was phenomenal in blue and gold, but his two heart trophies came with, uh, with, uh, or by the way, five Vesnas, I think, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, sorry, six Vesnas. Two of those Vesnas came in blue and gold, two hearts, four Vesnas and a cup finals appearance. The best season he had all came while he was wearing red and black. That banner should be red and black. Yeah. Um, the thing I also wanted to mention is like you were talking about, you know, players emulate it because they did. Players do go down more. But the thing that makes Hatchick so special, so cool, is that he's the only one that could really do it. Right. Like, truly do it. There is nothing like him. His highlights are so different, so unorthodox than any other goalie. Mm-hmm. He, he is one of a truly one of a kind. Like, I don't think there will ever be anything even close to it. For right. the rest of the time. The, the position is so standardized now. Everybody kind of does it the same way, kind of like how every NBA team shoots a ton of threes now. Um, right. Hashik was, Hashik was a revolutionary, but he kind of stood on his own. Like, really, like they adopted some of it because some of because, you know, going down and, you know, covering, not getting beat five all the time is a smart move. But, like, no yeah. one ever did, like, spread eagle. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, he's so awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and what I remember about Hashik also, like more like when I was watching hockey, because I was kind of young, obviously when he was playing for the Sabres, what I remember is when he got injured playing for Ottawa in 2006, the Sabres were the four seed. Ottawa was above them and Ottawa looked unbeatable. And part of the reason for that, this is the only season Hashik played there. Hashik was unbelievable in Ottawa at age 41. In fact, he was second in the NHL that year in save percentage. Only Cristobal Huey was above him. So he was playing like one of the best goalies in hockey. He got hurt. Ray Emery came in and Ray Emery did not have a good playoff series. So who knows if Hashik's playing that playoff series, maybe there is no Jason Pominville. These guys are scary. Good. Maybe there is no, the Sabres making it all the way to the conference finals. Um, he was that good even in his 40s. And it was right. His ability. Do you think 100% Hashik stonewalls that break? Oh, the Pominville goal? Emery yes. Hashik stops that. Hashik Yeah, I think yeah. he stops it. Um, and then finally, Nefura, today's episode number 40. Robin Leonard is, uh, to me, the answer. I think there's a lot of goalies on this list. And it's been a tough number for goalies. Carter Hutton. 
had a okay season last year. He's been pretty darn right bad this year, uh, despite the fact that he won his first six games. Patrick Lalim, you became unplayable at one point. You've got Uwe Krupp, who wore for a year, but he's more known for um, not for wearing number 40, but for wearing number four um, from 87 to 92, and he made an all-star game also in the midst there. Um, and that's pretty much it. That you're, Roman Durr, is, you got him playing in the late 90s. I think Robin Leonard's the answer here. Robin Leonard, supremely underrated during his time for the Sabres. During his time with the Sabres, better save percentage than Carey Price, than Henrik Lundqvist, than uh, Tuka Rask. Three top-level goaltenders. Leonard was better than him. We've d- discussed Leonard. It was the frustration, I guess, of he let in soft ones. For me, it was always an analytical approach is that he was so much, he was, he was so above average and high danger save percentage. He was stopping the hard ones that it made up for it. So I'm going with uh, Leonard. Yeah. Leonard's going to end up going down in Sabres history as, you know, kind of a one that got away type Mm -hmm. type player. I mean, he dealt with a lot of off the ice issues when he was here and uh, you know, he cleaned up and he's turned into, you know, he, I guess he always was that based. If you're going to go based off the analytics that he was always that talented and stuff, but um, you know, he's really, you know, cleaned up everything and he's become, you know, the goalie that the Sabres expected when they traded. Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never really got to that level in Buffalo, mainly because they were losing all the time. But it's, it's interesting to see how his career has panned out from since then. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with him too. There's not really any competition here. It's just other, you know, it's two struggling backups. Really. Yeah, a bunch of backups, and you know, Robin Leonard was tasked of being the starter for a team that was, you know, on the rebuilding track, and right. he dealt with he dealt with a lot of crap here. And I thought he did pretty well looking back. You know, better than I thought of he was doing at the time. Right. Yep, I agree with that. All right, that's going to do it for me and Jordan tonight. We'll put out some polls to see who we can uh, get going in the list here. But to recap today's list, we uh, had Darren Poopa as well as who did you uh, have at 31 again? Did you have Poopa? No, you had um, Grant Fear. You had Grant Fear at 31. So Poopa and Grant Fear, Rob Ray at 32, Doug Janik and, uh, and Benoit Hogue at 33. Chris Butler at 34. Um, and Jean Luc Grandpierre at 34. We'll put a pull up on that. Linus Allmark and Mika Nornan at 35. Patrick Coletta at 36, although we are going to put up a poll versus Matt Barnaby for that one because that'll be interesting. Curtis Brown at 37. 38, Nathan Pache. 39, Dominic Hashik. Wait, who did you have for 38? You had somebody, did you? Or was it Pache also? Yeah. Pache? Okay. And then Hashik, obviously, 39, and Robin Leonard at 40. All right. That's it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. Um, be sure to stay tuned. We're going to put out an, another episode fairly shortly here. And um, on the, the games that the Sabres are going to be replaying next week, and then uh, we'll we'll get in the future here, we'll get our Sabre draft going, all-time draft going. Maybe we'll do something with the Mount Rushmore idea that came up today, and uh, we'll keep rolling on. It's been the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase at SneakyJoeWGR on Twitter. Jordan Hanskin at JR. Hanskin on Twitter. Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.